God's word reveals God's purpose. And so every prophetic word, every promise that we're hanging on to is not this personal thing, God and me. It's linked to God's purpose. And if we're not linking it to the purposes of God, honestly, we don't have the right to claim those things. And so I want to challenge us coming out of this is that we need to get back to the purposes of God, not just our plans and hope God's in it. We've got to keep coming back to the Word of God, radically Word-based. And let me tell you, I know we claim to be Word-based, but I'm saying radically Word-based. If it's in there, we do it even if our culture opposes it. And let me tell you, our culture opposes the real Bible, the real Word of God. And so we are in a challenge, not to fight our culture, but to stay true to God's Word. Because God's watching over His Word. He's building according to His pattern. We need to be radical. Even if it's not relevant to the culture, it's radical. It's Word-based. It's God speaking His plans, His purposes, and we're fitting into that. And there's going to take courageous, cold men and women who will stay the course, not hanging in hope, but building with confidence and courage because it's the very Word of God. When you open God's Word, God opens His mouth. We want God to speak, but we're not willing to let God speak through His Word. I love it. Someone said this. The Bible is the only book whose author is present when you read it. I want the author when I share and speak. I don't want to have some systems and a couple of thoughts, food for thought, and hey, go home and think about the things I'm saying, and here's some concept. It's the Word of God. It's going to rock our worlds. It's going to challenge us. It's going to be a mirror, and it's going to be a lens. It's going to be things we have to adjust, and we have things we're going to have to live out. We're going to have to build according to it. And friends, I I, I know that most of you agree, and all of you should agree, but it's not easy, and it's going to be more difficult going forward. But we've settled this. God's watching over His plan, His purpose, and we want to be about His thing, not ours. Proverbs says that many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We planned. We had huge plans for the last couple of years. But God has prevailed. And we've got to keep coming back. So pastors, I want to encourage you this morning, stick to the plan of God. People will come. People will go. People will love you. People do hate you. People are going to despise you. People will give. People will take. People will be for you. Then they'll take people from you. It's going to happen. I'm not trying to downplay it. Stick to God's purpose and plan. That's the call. He's realigned our hearts with, and repositioned us where He wants us to be. He's released us from things in order to release us into greater things. I believe we are focused more on mission than we are all worried about how we get about doing mission. The methods seem to be as less relevant than The call to mission again. I want to ask you to be free, pastors and leaders, this morning. You can do some things in a new way. Don't do it for the sake of change, but find strategies in God. As long as the mission is the focus. The mission is what we were about, not the methods. And the pressure is, this is how we do it, and this is how we've always done it. How many of you know it doesn't always work the way we've always done it? 
And that's why God's given us freedom, not to change things because we're bored, to be more effective so we can be more fruitful, so we can get the job done, so our Jesus can come back. God's moved us. The pain of the people that have left. How many of you have seen people leave the church that you're part of? Or put your hand up, please. How many of you have pained? I hope you haven't rejoiced. Some probably a good thing, some not a good thing, but it's painful. We've had churches closed out, we have churches bailed us, leave us. It's painful, friend. It's so but I want to just say this: it's not they wrong, we're right. We've got to stay on the wall. Pastors, can I speak life to you this morning? Stay on the wall. Your job's not to get off the wall to go and get people to come get on the wall. Stay on the wall. You're on the same wall that you were before COVID. Stay on that wall. They know where you are. You don't have to go find them. But there's this pressure. My job is to go and take care of it. Why we burn out? You know why? Because we are entering into battles that we're not called to. Just because you are invited into a battle doesn't mean God wants you in that battle. And we have seen that in these last couple of years. Every cultural battle, we have to step up and say something or not say something. And if I do say something, if I don't say something, you know what I'm saying, right? You know how many people have attacked me because I don't say anything about it on social media? I'll just tell you what. I decided to get off social media. Not because I'm scared of it, because I wanted to destroy every person on. I'm serious. I'm not having a go. It's like a cesspool. Listen, friends, the Aussies know this. The only one who enjoys getting in the mud is the pig. Don't get in the pig. Don't get in the mud with the pig. Don't mess around. And honest, don't get offended. Get healed. But here's if you want to keep posting, then I'm going to ask you to do this. Pray before you post. And that's what I decided to do. And you know what? I stopped posting. Not because I'm scared. Because he told me, talk to him. Don't tell the world what you think about everything. And you know, when you, when you, when you pray, he gives you his perspective. So you're no longer posting, disagree with that, like that, dislike that, don't like my government, don't believe in passports or vaccinations. Don't. You're a sheep, you're a goat, you're for me, you're against me. I mean, friends, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, just stop. We're destroying each other for the sake of the gospel. Show me that in Scripture. <laughs> Please come back, all right? The sessions are going to get better. But it's true. I, I mean, you've seen it, right? Guys are unfollowing people and unfriending, be defriending, and I'm not your friend anymore. And come on. The devil's loving this. He's watching us to tear each other apart for the sake of the Lord. When the Lord's saying, I'm not in any of that. Now, you know what I've found? I, I'm getting in trouble here because it must be been a while I've been here, right? It's been a bit, so. <laughs> You know what I've found is most cause militant people are spiritually illiterate. 
They are on a cause for the king when they have no presence, no God, no spirit in them. It's just destroy, divide, fight, because we want to fight. And I, I know that some of us have a fight, and God's called us to fight, but how about we fight the right battles and not fight each other? Because God hasn't called us to take each other out. He hasn't even called you to overthrow your government, just so you know. And I know that's like a touchy thing, but Jesus didn't arrive and say, I'm overthrowing Caesar, I'm overthrowing this guy. I'm serious. Let's live like Jesus. Be more like Jesus. <laughs> Are we friends? Come on. I've been locked up in America. That's why I'm saying all these things. Right? I think one of the big, big shifts in this season is we've had to move from what we can do back to what only He can do. Listen, guys. The church is tired of running with ministries and filling our calendars with endless ministries that do not require God. So coming out of this crazy season, I believe God has re-brought us back to this relying on Him and trusting Him and dependent on Him. Zechariah 4.6, it's not by might. It's not by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Think about that. And what he was saying, he was speaking to King Cyrus. And he was saying, King Cyrus, it's never going to be in the people that you have. Your might will never come by the people you've got. Are you listening, churches? We think oh, it depends on how many people we have. depends on really how much we can get done. And now we've lost some people. Now we're feeling like we can't really do anything. I'm telling you. God says you can have 20 million people in your church. You'll never have enough. It's never going to be by the might of the people. Then he says, nor by power, not by your position as king. Speaking to King Cyrus, your position does not give you what you need. Church, our position is not enough. It can't be done in our position. He says, not by your people, not by your position, but by my spirit. Not the Spirit, not a Spirit, my Spirit. The reason I'm saying that is because it seems that we as the church are gripped by the Spirit of this age rather than the Spirit of Christ. That's why we're in these battles and political and all the political stuff. It's because the spirit of this age has gripped us rather than the spirit of Christ. And, and he says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Are you listening? We quote that all the time, but we've got to get back to living that. I think this crazy season has forced us back to that. Philip Yancey said, a society that denies the supernatural usually ends up elevating the natural to supernatural status. If we deny the supernatural, we then elevate the natural to supernatural status. That is evident in all nations. But can I be bold enough to say it's evident in some of the churches? Hence, we begin to put a gifting or a preacher or an anointed pastor above the supernatural, and that's where the, the church comes crashing down because our faith is in ministries and people and rather than in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. And we will not, must not, allow that to happen again. Who do you have faith in? Your leadership? Me? Don't. 
NCMI, don't. Your church, know who? Him and Him alone. Early church was spirit-filled. Don't forget that. Spirit-filled. You know, the Bible emphasizes, right, that God is omnipresent. I love that. I think every believer, oh, I love that. Oh, that's great. What does that mean? It means God's everywhere. So if I go to the highest mountain, He's there. If I go to the depths of the sea, He's there. God's everywhere. And I'm good with that because if He's everywhere, I don't have to worry about anything. But as much as He's omnipresent, the Bible says that He's manifest present. He's here. He's not everywhere. He's also here. And God wants to show us more of Him being here, not just being everywhere. We don't have to worry. So what will we do with God is here? Not because we have it on our billboards or on our podcasts and say we believe God is with us and He is theologically. But what about when God shakes it up to be with His people? What will we do with God being here? Incarnate. God is here. He was with His people in the garden in the in book of Genesis. He, he came. He was with His people in the tabernacle. He was there when Jesus came. God wants to be here, not just everywhere. And I know there's some weird stuff that we've seen, but in the weird stuff, don't shut God out from being God because God has come back to shake it up and reveal Himself to His church again. God is here. I've been saying this. What would the church look like if it was built to attract God, not just people? Probably would look different to the churches we have right now. And I'm not anti... I mean, look at this thing. I mean, jeez, look at this. Like a TV right there. I mean, wow. That's, I love this. I'm grateful. These guys bought this so we could use it. So thank you very much. <laughs> but seriously, I, I'm not anti any of this, and I think we must use all of it. But let me tell you this. This is not to get God here. This is to attract people, which is awesome. But what about a church that attracts God? Can you imagine if another shaking takes place and they connected to God. They're not going nowhere. But if they get the no show, they're going to go find another show. So I want to set the pastors in this room free. You don't have to put on a show. Stop the show. Get God in the midst. People will link to God. You don't have to worry about them. And when the shaking comes, they link to Him, not you. Bible. Spirit moved, spirit sent, spirit led. It's not this weird thing, honestly. And I know that there's weird stuff and other guys are going to preach around the Holy Spirit and maybe make space for Him and maybe some stuff will happen. But listen, it's not weird. It's not freaky. He's God. I think we've got to get back. Pastors, I'm talking to you this morning. We've got to preach back on around the Trinity, the Trinity. I live in America. The statistics are troubling. More than 80 or 90 percent of of, of of evangelicals in America do believe that the Holy Spirit is non-existent. They don't believe He's real. How many of you know we have a problem in the church? And many talk about the Holy Spirit as a blessing from God. So here's the deal. If He's a blessing from God, then we don't really have to have Him unless we want that blessing. But my Bible does not say He's a blessing from God. My Bible says He's God. 
So now, do you want the blessing? What will you do with God, the Holy Spirit? He's not an optional extra for deluxe Christians. He is God. He's God. And I know, again, friends, let's come back to the word, radically word-based. You're going to struggle to find a biblical backing for no power. There's no such thing in the New Testament. Fire is there. What you will struggle with is to find a biblical backing. Yeah, for no, no fire. People are strange fire. Yeah, I know strange fire. There's biblical backing for some of that. But no fire, it's there. You have to walk in His presence and power. Are you with me, friends? It's not like let's go after this. No, let's make room for God the, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three people, one God, three persons. How do you best explain this? Uh, someone said, if, if you try and preach the Trinity or explain the Trinity, you lose your mind. But if you don't preach or explain the Trinity, you lose your soul. So because we don't fully understand it, we're just silent and hope they get it from Bill Johnson or get it from someone else. And then I'm not trying to, okay, let's move his name aside. Those people, someone else, okay, not Bill Johnson, sorry, delete that, please. Someone not, we don't know. And they're going, your people are going online to download and hear from people, not Bill Johnson, people who don't know what the Bible says. I'm not talking, are you with me, please, Sorry. Whoever, okay? <laughs> Benny Hinn. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, let's just use me. Okay. If they get in their revelation from Tyron Daniel, it's not good. It's your job as a leader to teach your people what the Word of God says. And if we're worrying that they're getting it from someone else because we're not giving it to them from what God's showing us. That's our job. So don't pretend it's not there. The worst thing we can do with power is pretend we haven't got it. Spirit sent, spirit led. Your calling is not within your skill set. It takes God to serve God. Are you hearing, friends? Calling's not enough. You need, the God, you need God in you to serve God. Just so you know, and I know that I'll step on some toes right now, but we don't need to activate the Holy Spirit. Who do we think we are? Okay, I'm going to tell God, now you activate it. We actually don't even need to invite Him because He's already here. Who do we think you are? You're welcome. Now you can come, God. Blessing, yes. God, no. What we need to do is simply honor Him. Honor the Holy Spirit. Honor. Not go after Him. Not activate Him. Not invite Him. Just honor. And let me tell you, when the Holy Spirit is genuinely operating, genuinely, He's not taking the glory. He's giving the glory to Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They have their roles. They know their roles. They're not questioning who's getting what glory. They know what they're called to do. We just need to honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
radically word-based. Not obscure, not what they're teaching you at these conferences, what the Bible says. We've got to stop going to conference. I mean, thanks for coming to this equip, but it's not a conference. But we didn't, can I, can I get in trouble? I hope I'm not causing enemies. I'm just trying to, you know what? Days are numbered, friend, and we, we just got to get back to truth. I don't have issues with anyone. I praise God for everyone doing their best. But we don't have to fly to conferences to learn how to heal people. <laughs> okay. We just have to trust God, read the Bible, lay hands on the sick, and in His name, people will be healed. And we can learn from others. And I understand equipping, but I don't have to pay lots of money to go here on how they do it. Paul never was taught by anyone how to do it. He got saved and encountered Jesus. And from that day, he went and laid hands on the sick. He didn't go to conferences and tell them he's ready now to go and pray the prayer. Now, I'm all for equipping, but I'm not about, let's go to conferences that tell us what we have to do. Just be a, be, be a Christian. Just trust God is in you. We, we need this church, the end time church, to just go and do it. Rather than get so equipped, so readied, that we forget why we're equipped and ready to do. Jeez, I don't know why you're laughing. Eh? There's nothing wrong with an equip, all right? It's what we need. But <laughs> All right, I gotta, we've got to have a coffee in a moment. Jeez, you need one of those, huh? All right, let me just, uh, if I can just give you, I haven't even got to one note yet, you realize it, not one. I haven't even made a point. <laughs> let me just give you a couple of things and then we'll read scripture afterwards and get to the points I tried. I'm going to, I'm not telling you this because you'll leave, but I'm going to do the next session too, so don't leave, okay, please. <laughs> it's going to get better, I promise you that. I believe that in this season there's been a tearing down of the old, but there's a building up of the new. I believe the times have changed and the times are changing, but the church's role and mandate has never changed. So I want to say to the leaders, and I know that Darren got up here and talked about leaders, we're all leaders, and we are, but I want to just address elders and leaders and pastors for a minute and say this. It's easy in a season like this, at any time, but in a season like this, to lose your focus and to become distracted. I, I don't believe the devil has been given the power to destroy us, he, although he delights in destroying us. But I do believe he doesn't have the power to destroy us. But what he does have is the power to distract us. And so you know how he destroys us? By distracting us. By getting in every fight. I've always said this, three key, three guarantees in leadership. God loves you, the devil hates you, and everyone else has a plan for your life. And that's true. If you don't know what you're called to, you're going to end up trying to do what everyone tells you what you to do. And in that moment, you are in danger of missing the mission and the mandate and no longer serving the purposes of God. I think there's some, if we're honest, friends, like me as a leader too, we're just leading in the flesh at times. We're just like doing things in reaction and doing things because everyone else is doing it. I want to say, please don't do that. Do what God's told you to do and don't do anything else. 
Don't do everything everyone else is doing. Otherwise, we're just going to get back to everyone running with the same thing and hoping God's in it. How about we do some things we've heard God in and we celebrate what God's doing with other people, but we don't all do the same thing because we're not called to do the same thing. Don't do things in reaction. Man, the reaction right now. People say this, we've got to say this. Our preaching sermon, our schedules are all on what the world's telling us to preach. We have to do series to identify the cultures and to give answers to our cultures. Who's behind the culture? The devil. Meaning what? Who's setting the agenda of what we're preaching in the church? The devil. Why? Because we're reading to the world and say, they're doing this, we better tell the world church what to do. No, friends. Preach the Word of God. Go through Scripture. It will cover that stuff. But don't be led by Him. Be led by Him and give the direction to the people we've been called to. I know this isn't easy, and I'm not having a go at you leaders. I'm saying this to me too. Everybody wants me to comment on everything. Preach on this. BLM and Me Too movement and COVID vaccines and government overreach. And honestly, I'm like, I'm exhausted. Every day I'm dead scared to dare look at what's come next because now I have to address that. Ukraine. You need to put up a flag of Ukraine, Tyrant. Otherwise, they don't know you stand with them. And I'm sitting there going, well, we got churches in Russia. What do we do with that? It's not the Russians' fault. It's the leadership in Russia, not the people. And so when if you stand for one, you stand against something else. You don't see Jesus playing the political game. He just stood for his truth. And I know the pressure. People say, if you don't do this, I'm leaving. God bless you, my friend. I mean it. And it's tough. Well, there goes my income. God's your provider, not your tithers. I know it sounds easy. It's not. I'm not saying it's easy. We can love them through it, but we can't play the game. Please God, not man. That's the courage. That's the season. That's where we are. And get on board. And if we can show them biblically, who can argue with God? I'm not, like when you preach the word of God, you're not, you're not writing it, you're reading it. It's God's Word. Got an issue? Have a chat to Him. I've got an issue with a lot of what I'm saying. But if you don't know, it's like we all like, I have to go there. Now I have to comment. Friends, you don't have to comment. Jesus left things for people to work out for themselves. Jesus just stayed the course. He didn't look to overthrow. He didn't look. He just said, my kingdom will function like no kingdom here, and it can function under any other government. Don't need Caesar out in order for my kingdom to be advanced. That's why the majority of the Jews actually would not even accept Jesus as the Messiah because he allowed the, the, the Romans to treat his people like trash. Way worse than what we sing. And he didn't overthrow. He could have taken Caesar right there and went, boom, you're dead. What is truth? Are you a king? Let me show you. You're, I'm a king. I'm wiping you all out. He didn't say that. Who do you say I am? What do they think? I mean, Jesus, what? just wipe them out. Your people need deliverance. Jesus says, no, we will bring my kingdom, and it can function and operate like nothing on this planet. It's not another political party. It's my kingdom, and it can operate in Russia, in Zimbabwe, in North Korea, in China, in Australia, in New Zealand, under all corruption and governments. 
that are corrupt and that are man-centered, my kingdom can operate under it all. Aussies, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. There you go. Some are leading in the flesh. Some are leading in fear. You know, some are preaching for the absence of criticism rather than for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We will adjust our messages so we don't get criticized. And I understand it, but don't worry about it. God's got you. Fear rises in the absence of faith. Some are just fatigued, tired. I know some of you here today are tired, spiritually and physically. And we trust in God will re- re- restore you. We believe that. It's part of the prophetic words of what he said. But I want to say this. Please, we'll land with this one. Please don't make decisions in despair. There's a God-given inheritance that He's entrusted you to lead. Don't give it away because you're tired. Don't make decisions that are going to cost generations to come behind us because we were tired and just said, I've had enough. Now, there might be a season where it is over, but don't quit. Let's do it right. But don't make any decision in despair or in tiredness or in fatigue. If you make those decisions, you generally make fleshy decisions rather than kingdom decisions. And we've all faced it, and we may be facing it here today. I'm here to encourage you and challenge you. Friend, God's got this. God's got you. We want to walk with you. We're going to work this with you. But don't quit. Don't give up. And don't make governmental decisions in your despair and tiredness. Hear God and do what He says. No tricks, no formulas. Hear Him and do what He says. It's not based on who stays or who goes. It's based on you doing what he's called you to do, period. And you are significant in simply obeying him. Not how many people you have in your church or how many guys you're getting saved. Those things are like the byproduct. Just obey. And God's got you and heaven celebrates obedience way more than it does performance. 